up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, how are you? Yeah, I've been better, G. Um, I've, had, I've had better starts to the, to the new year, but um, yeah, um, we'll, we'll get through it as ever. And on, on this special occasion, Charlie's brought us another defeat, but he joins us on the podcast. Charlie, how are you, mate? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not good. Yeah, terrible. I should, I should probably leave and just, just quit this podcast in Malarkey for good. Like, I think I aged about 10 years uh, on Sunday. I was, uh, I was, I was going to actually try and do dry January, but I had to sink a few gins after, <laughs> after that defeat. And so that's, yeah, there's another news resolution down the drain, just, uh, just like Bath's hopes, really. Yeah, I know. We, me and Tom had just started sort of getting Bath's form back on track post-lockdown. And then you uh, rejoin, and it's gone down the pan again, mate. I really am blaming you. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one else seems to know quite what the problem is. So, yeah, I, I, I'll take one for the team and just uh, yeah, take a full responsibility on my shoulders. Yeah, I think there's a few in the Bath coaching staff and playing staff that would appreciate it uh, if you were the one taking the flat this week and not them after, yeah, what was a dismal, dismal display from Bath, losing to the old enemy Leicester Tigers on Sunday. We're going to get into it. We're going to break down the game. We're going to analyse what's going wrong. Can we put our finger on exactly what is going wrong when you pull out a team like that and you play like that? What is happening? And then we're going to look at the game against Wasps at the Rec on Friday night. But boys, you know, no time for small talk. Let's get straight into that dreadful display on Sunday, as I say. And Tom, I, it was about 24 hours ago when the game finished, uh, as we record on Monday night. And I actually said to you boys on our, on our text thread, whether you guys fancy doing a, a podcast immediately after, because I certainly had some frustrations I wanted to vent. Uh, but you said it would be a good idea to sleep on it. So how are you feeling now, 24 hours after the event, and have you calmed down? Yeah, I think we um, we might have had to mark that podcast as uh, as explicit. Um, certainly, how I was uh, how I was feeling after the game. I, you know, I re- I'm really at uh, odds. I've, I've kind of been running through it in my mind what the possible issues are. Um, I don't think that there has ever been a rugby team with so much talent. All the players you could you could possibly hope for, really. Um, you know, incredible facilities at Farley House, world class coaches. Um, serious financial backing um, year on year to try and develop a, a league winning and match winning side and the potential that, that we show versus what we actually produced on the pitch at, at Welford Road is is quite astounding and I think that all those players that let's not forget we're trying desperately to, to keep um, playing in the blue black and white all those players must be must be feeling exactly the same way you know, we were we were hopelessly ill-disciplined. The the game management was was awful. Um, uh, our fitness going into the last quarter of the game looked poor, despite not having played in in three weeks and being up against a you know a Leicester Tigers side who'd barely barely trained and and played together. Um, and ultimately, to to concede thirty six points as well when we pride ourselves on defence and and set piece. 
it, it's absolutely dismal and it it leaves you it leaves me really turning to to you know what is the issue scratching my head is it the coaches is it the players is it the environment um do we need and i don't often say this but do we need to to ask serious questions about making wholesale changes to to what's going on at the club because it's simply not good enough it's going to turn fans and players away from the club if we continue so that, that's three that's three dismals in the first five minutes charlie what's your sort of feelings <laughs> kind of brief feelings before we delve into the details well yeah like much the same dismal horrible <laughs> frustrating like agonizing it's just like, like just as you said tom we had our most like our full strength team out. You you do not get a better bar team than the one we put out on that day. We were talking about how exciting it is to see, you know, Falatau, Underhill, Mercer all in the back row. And well, Mercer was the only one of those players, I think, who actually stood up, had a bit of determination about him. I mean, him and Ben O'Brien were the only players, I thought, who who looked like they actually wanted to be there and actually really wanted to win. I mean, uh, it, it, and... That 15, well, the whole 23 that we put out was 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 probably one of our best. Playing against a bunch of, uh, to, to use your phrase via text, Tom, was a, a bunch of uh, has-beens, like, and kind of a bunch of misfits, kind of mercenaries, people who've, it's it's just a bunch of South Africans that they bought over. They seem like, like kind of Leicester of, it, it, it's it's a very new team. These aren't guys who've played together for, for, for you know, let alone five games uh a couple of seasons or anything it's uh it's 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 just so frustrating we looked we looked toothless in it well completely toothless in attack we had highlighted it last week that our tries have come from just bunches of uh, kind of individual moments of magic or just kind of the odd sod here and there like we've the that that try in the first in in the first couple of minutes one of the most bizarre things i've ever seen in the rugby pitch um i mean Josh McInerney does a fantastic job to steal and smuggle the ball, but it's it's again it's it's an individual moment, and then we we crash it up a phase later because they've got half their pack kind of twenty meters up the field, thinking that they're gonna gonna have a have a, have a runaway try or whatever. But yeah, it, and just before yeah, we just before we get into the the details of the game, Charlie, I know you want to. He's going. Oh no, you feel mate. Oh, cut you off because you'll be on for half an hour, and then we'll have shall to. We, uh, shall <laughs> we just stop recording? Shall we just do? A, shall we just do a run teach and then just stop? <laughs> But yeah, I think what was so frustrating as well, Charlie, was the fact that this Leicester team had no head coach. It might have yeah. been two teams that had no head coach, frankly, on, on Sunday. And and also barely trained together uh, in, in the past week, two weeks. So, yeah, extremely, extremely frustrating. And let's dive into to, to the... the they, were, they were, you know, they were, they were communicating on WhatsApp. That was how Steve Borthwick was executing his his master plan to to beat a side, you know, stacked full of proven internationals just through WhatsApp messages, um, probably through fairly ropey connection and, and, and road. That's how it happened. That's how we un- they unlocked the great Bath defence um, as easy as that. Yeah, it's wild. Absolutely wild. Such a poor performance from Bath. Um, and even though we started 14-0, Charlie, uh, and, and kind of the, the commentators on, on BT Sport seemed to be making out that, that Bath were, were playing fantastic attacking rugby, it really didn't seem like that to me. It struck me to be quite lucky to be 14-0 up in that first quarter. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. The first, like, the first 20 minutes, it was just filled with, you know, it was just drop balls, missed tackles, poor passing, like, bad kicking. I mean... Uh, 
every single pass uh, was just going behind the man. It was like, it was about a metre behind the man, so we had to stop to catch the ball. You just took any momentum away. I mean, there, there were a couple of moments where you thought, oh, you know, something, something could be on out wide. Uh, there were a couple of, you know, uh, very early on, there was some, some really quick hands by uh, uh, Joseph and I can't remember who the other chap was. Uh, and uh, we had a little break up the left and it's, it, it, but it was, it was all just kind of stop, start. Everything was always behind the man and uh, it, it just killed any momentum that we had. And then, you know, Reese Priest and misses touch from a penalty and another kind of opportunity goes down the drain. It, oh, yeah, it was. I think that's. I think that first first twenty. I think that's a wider theme as well. I think we and I, I've said this before. It feels to me as you know when we ultimately score tries and get points on the board, it's always because of a you know a moment of either good fortune or a moment of individual brilliance. Usually from from Ben Spencer, as happened on the day, or McConaughey, or Anthony Watson, uh, uh, etc. And it's not a game of individuals, you know, it's, it's an old cliche, but it is the ultimate team game. And we don't look like we're playing as a team sometimes. You know, Leicester, who are a team of players who barely played together, you know, they had two days training, light days training going into that game. They look much more coherent and able to manage the game than, than, than we did. And, you know, it was epitomised by that first 20 minutes, Charlie, as you say. Uh, a very strange, um, opportunistic try from McNally, um, who, you know, again, had another another solid game, particularly at, at mall time. And then a 60-metre um, piece of brilliance from from Ben Spencer, which I'm sure you enjoyed, G. But it was just, it, it, it's those two moments. And it, it, it's always, for me, it's always, um, it's always almost bittersweet. I'm happy that it's happened. But it doesn't feel like it's anything that's actually repeatable. It yeah. feels like you just need these moments of brilliance or, or, or bits of luck. Um, and it felt like almost we were artificially ahead and that Leicester could, if they played their game, claw it back as they did. Yeah, I think Bullen's been at, Charlie's been actually banging that drum ever since he's come back onto the podcast, that these tries are just coming from from kind of moments of, of individual magic or luck, as you say, Tom. And yeah, whilst I, I absolutely love that Ben Spencer try, that try and, and the McNally try, they don't go down as, as tries created by by someone like Gerben Dempsey, who we're certainly going to come on to a little bit later in the podcast. That's got nothing to do with the coaching or anything like that or the game plan or the structure. That is one luck slash nice piece of work from McNally and one just unbelievable bit of work from from Spencer exploiting the fact that Leicester were down to 14 men that, 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 that as you say Tom they're not repeatable and I think themes in that game which were going to become repeatable were, were really starting to show up in those first 20 minutes so at the scrum time we were going backwards and, and giving away penalties Will Stewart cut his hair and yes it looks like the Samson effect because he was going backwards and didn't have his best day at the office and Anthony Watson, I don't know what, what 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 biblical reference we can come up for his downfall because that that performance from him on Sunday was was so out of character and so poor, and kind of he started to drop balls in that first twenty minutes, and that then became a theme throughout. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I everyone was talking about ah, oh, uh, sorry, everyone is in the commentators were talking about oh, George Ford is kind of kicking the ball at a certain angle that's (laughs) making it scoot away from him. I just, I mean, there was kind of one instance where kind of Stuart and Watson were both kind of running to a spot where the ball bounced five metres from. But uh, he he was made to look like an amateur by uh, Freddie Stewart, who looked phenomenal. He looks like, you know, you put someone down in front of that game and say, 
tell me which 15 has has got uh you know, boatloads of caps uh, for England and has is, is, is been on Lions tours and beating New Zealand. You, you, you say it's Freddie Stewart playing, uh, playing for Leicester Tigers. I mean, it, it, I, just, I just can't understand what went, what went on there. He just seemed to forget how to catch a high ball. Were they suggesting that, that Ford had, in the week, come up with some magical way of kicking the ball which a fullback couldn't catch? Because if he has, then he's absolutely changed rugby because that's a huge weapon. Like it wasn't like the conditions were a bit cold and a bit wet, but they were by no means treacherous. And yeah, a guy that wants to play fullback for England and the Lions has to deal with that so much better. And yeah, Freddie Stewart, who's someone that you outlined, Charlie, on our, on our preview podcast, you know, showed himself to, to to be really reliable and, and yeah, fantastic performance by the kid. But but it shouldn't be allowed to happen, Tom, against someone like Anthony Watson. Yeah, you know what it is? Like, whenever there are these good stories about um, young players or like a breakthrough signing like Jasper Visa or, um, you know, a a great comeback or a a great story, it's always Bath that are on the opposite side of that. Uh, that, That's how it feels, at least. That's how how it's felt for a while. Freddie Stewart, don't get me wrong, clearly a a very talented young player, um, but but very inexperienced. Jasper Visa, strong carrier, um, classic South African number eight. Nasty. Oh. Yeah, nasty, fine. But Love again, that. like let, 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 let's make this about us as well. We, the, the players that, that we've got throughout that 15, throughout that, that, that 23, should be able to deal with those kind of players. Players, they're just, they're just not, for whatever reason, uh, standing up and, and being counted. And Anthony Watson, it's very rare that, that we have anything critical to say. But you're right, G. I mean, looking for excuses like George Ford uh, create, you know, George Ford spiral, spiral, spiraling the kick or whatever it is, or it being cold. They, they, those are just excuses, mm. and the players need to step up, or you know, someone needs to be be accountable for for, for why they're not doing that. Um, you know, by the same token, though, there are obviously areas in a game, in any game of rugby, it's you know, it's a complex game. There's, 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 there's loads of things going on, so many variables. In any game, there are things that aren't going to go well. We have been become so reliant, I think, on our on our set piece, which has worked really well for us. But you know, Cole, Genge, and, and Youngs is a is a very strong scrummaging um, a scrummaging front row, and, and you know, as ha- as can happen, they got the better of 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 us on the day. So we need to be able to adapt our game. So that we can we can win another way. There should there are many ways to to skin a cat or, or skin a skin a tiger in this case, and we seem to have one way of doing things. We rely on set piece. If that doesn't work, we are completely out of ideas on anything else to do. It wasn't just the scrums though, Tom. It wasn't just the scrum. The, the, yeah. the lineout was was abysmal. I mean, and at crucial moments of the game, we 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 sixty seven percent eight out of twelve lineouts. I mean. Terrible. We, yeah. I mean, Tom Dunn. Just that that period just before half time when we got those those two penalties. Yeah, excellent, right. excellent uh, attacking position, kind of between their ten meter and twenty two. We we overthrow the line out, fluff it. They have a brilliant counter attack. We win another penalty. Uh, do the same again. Chuck it down, and uh, he's thinking, "Well, I'm going to hit front man now," and it seems to. Throw it to the uh, throw it to the um, the tigers jumper. I mean, it, and it, it, then again, they run back down the field, and there you go, penalty. They've got three points. 
back at us. I mean, yeah. It, it was oh, happy with us keeping the ball on the pitch there and going for the corner, or well, the corner, I guess, as opposed to taking a tap, then kicking to touch and taking what would have been a, a 17-13 lead in as opposed to what turned out to be a 17-16 lead. Were you happy with that tactic? Well, I, I, was, I was thinking this at, at the time and I was thinking, do we kick it off? Do we take it up the field? And I was thinking, no, I, I want to see them take us up the field. Um, and I, I wanted to see them attack and be in a, you know, be in a good threatening attacking position. Set piece is where, is, is where you should have your most attacking, uh, you have your most attacking threat. I mean, especially off a line out where they, they, you know, they, they've got to stand 10 metres back from the line out. You can pick and choose your numbers. I mean, you can, you can, it's a whole world of kind of backs moves, uh, forwards moves that you what can do off a line. We, we don't have any, we don't have any, any backs We don't have <laughs> any of them. No, honestly, I, I don't think I saw a single backs move. There aren't any. There no, aren't, there aren't any. Any. The, the only thing I saw, I thought, oh, okay, here, here we go. Comes off, uh, a, comes off the top, nine to 10, Ego Rocco, just just crash yeah. it up, and that seems to be that the entire attacking game plan. Seems to be the seems to be the entire attacking game plan is 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 one out rugby, just forwards pick and go, um, yeah, yeah, forwards pick and go, or, or just you know hands hands down the line. I, I I I'm not I'm not seeing people cutting lines, uh, kind of out, out the back passes. I'm, I'm not I'm not seeing this, and I, this this is for me. I know you said we're going to get onto it, Gay, but I think we think look we're here now. Gervin Dempsey has got so many questions to answer. I mean, we we've been this is our our third season. Um, well, I, I wasn't here last season, but this is the third season we've been doing this podcast. And we mentioned uh, in the very first podcast when he arrived that uh, we can't wait to see this playbook to die for that we've quoted so many times, and it, it's it's become a joke because we've not seen we've not seen it at all yeah. in three years. In three years. We never score our first phase, do we? Like we never score our first phase. And, and, and that is, at the end of the day, what, what kind of Gervin Dempsey's role surely should be. He's, he's attack and backs coach. So his job should be, really, when the forwards aren't involved, can you create opportunities for us to score? And, and you see teams like Wasps, like even Exeter, like um, Northampton Saints when they were firing, like, you know, the, the, the top, top teams. And most of the teams can score or at least gain huge yardage from, from just first phase plays where there are lots of different options and, and the ball carrier kind of distribute and find the gap. But we never, ever, ever do that, do we, Tom? Do you guys think it's as 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 simple as, you know, just not having a fly half who's able to do that? Because it's not even it's not even about necessarily having extravagant backs moves, but you know, in the Freddie Stewart try, George Ford just showed simply um, how to score a first phase, you know, take the ball to the line, got someone running a nice line, put him through the gap, try time, simple as that. Do you think that it's as simple as we haven't got uh, the 10 to do it? And if we did, then we'd start to see, Gervin, you know, this 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 playbook um, and we'd start to see like these these talented players out wide unleashed a bit more. No, 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 get, get fine if you don't trash your fly half to do it. Get the ball in Cam Redpart's hands. Get the ball in Jonathan Joseph's hands. These guys definitely can do it because we've seen them do it in Bath shirts before and we've seen them even do it in England shirts before. They can distribute and, and, and create stuff from nothing. Well, not from nothing, from a, from a set backs move. So, so no, it isn't just a, a, a lack of fly half. But if it is just a lack of fly half, if that's their excuse, then you've had... Well, lack of, maybe maybe lack, lack of attacking fly half. Then you've had three years to get an attacking fly half. So this is what you brought us. So, so, so this is what you need to produce with. Also, they like 
yeah, obviously, you can't say the, the, the fly half is is responsible for the entire back line. Like, mm. the, it's, it's the players around him. Like that, you, you just mentioned that Freddie uh, Stewart try. Ford could have picked out any of three players and all of them probably would have scored because they're, they're running the right lines. He, he could have, he could, he could have put, he popped that short ball to Stewart, goes through the gap. He could have you know, like cut it out uh, hard and flat to, uh, I think it was Matt Scott or whatever, or he could have gone over the top to Nandolo, or we could have nudged it through and they probably would have, uh, you know, two players could have fallen on the ball. I mean, I think, I think undoubtedly we, we'd be a lot better. Say the fly halves are switched. I don't know whether the result switches, but yeah, we would be a lot better. But having no fly half, Tom, it is really kind of, no, I don't think you are making that excuse, but it really is no excuse for, for Gervin Dempsey. And I think you started off by saying, Charlie, that kind of he needs to answer some questions. But I think actually he needs to answer some questions because this guy is like third in charge at the club. And yet I never, ever hear from him in the media. We never get to hear from him. And I would just love him to kind of, not necessarily explain himself. That kind of seems like he's kind of on trial, but kind of come out and actually have a bit more of a presence at the club and, and kind of express himself a bit more in the media because that's kind of all we're, us as fans are, are kind of able to see of him, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, it's just so like unprofessional, you know, club and particularly like Stuart Hooper, who is, um, oh, I don't think I'm going to on that, but he, who is so kind of, banal at times in front of the media I, I, I think sadly that's just that's just not going to happen I'm just thinking about the Dempsey point because it's an interesting one and obviously most of the coaching that he's done um, would have been with Johnny Sexton at at fly half um, who you know he is not exactly um, a running like creator of a of a fly half you know he's got his little wraparound move he'll take the ball to the line and um, and give the pass and, and often get written off in the process but I don't know, to me, I'm not saying that it's the only factor, but to me, it, it, the man pulling the strings, the man in the tenure is a big, um, you know, um, it, it, it is one of the key factors in, mm. in the strings in a, in, a, in a good attack. And I just think Preeson's always so static. He's unwilling to take the ball to the line. He just ships it on most of the time or, um, or finds a pass for another guy who's also static because, because, because he is as well or, or too flat because he's mistimed his run. Um, and I, I think even when we see Matavesi at fly half, I know that he's not a fly half and it's not perfect, but we do start to see glimpses of of someone taking the ball to the line. And I know Redpath can do it, Joseph can do it, and those guys need to step up. But I do think uh, our attack would improve if we had guys taking the ball simply at pace, taking it to the line. Um, because like we're saying, there's absolutely nothing to to, to show for it at the moment. Hmm. And they just look like they're, they're not timing stuff as well. I think you said, Charlie, at the start that kind of every pass or kind of the key pass often seems to be just behind the guy or just not quite timed. And like when we do go through these like really quick phases, like it's often in and around the 22 and Spencer's there in a way and it's kind of going to the backs and through the forwards. It looks really nice, but you're always kind of waiting for, for, for either someone to drop it or the pass to be inaccurate. And that kind of comes with, I guess, consistency of selection. But that also kind of comes with timing. And a lot of that is in the coaching on the training field. So, yeah, I think Gervin Dempsey is a guy that is coming under increasing pressure amongst Bath fans. And I think, yeah, I think if, if things don't start to turn around, then I do think some responsibility does need to be, to be given elsewhere. Guys, just one question. Like, just from a very basic perspective, like you guys play rugby in the backs, but what do you think a back session with Gervin Dempsey or say a week of training, what do you think it actually consists of? 
Ben Spencer um, pick and goes uh, and a little chip over the top of 15. I think I think that's well, that's, that's certainly. My are, they, are they? Are they? Because I guess you could you could either just work on skills. You could work on like general like captains runs and and drawing and passing and, and simple skills like that. Or you could you know work on setbacks moves, which we're certainly not seeing. So I'm assuming that that they're not working on that. Or you could practice individual skills, kicking yeah. and, and and building the ball. Like, what is he actually? doing because we, we don't seem to see the product of it it seems to me that he, he's trying to to, to, to to coach up the the individual skills and the collective skills of the guys so that when the the forwards bash up and, and create space for the backs they're then in a position to to get their their heads up and and kind of play yeah. what's in front of them and yeah that's all very well but but it would be nice to kind of have something really exciting or something really effective from first phase and and, and, and can't you implement that can't can't that yeah. can't that work Exactly, like it's all it's all it's all very well having like um, you know good skills, and you need good skills. You know, New Zealand, the best team, or were the best team. They've got great individual skills and can play heads up rugby. But I think alongside that, you need whether it's set moves or you just need some kind of attacking shape, like we had back in the days of of Mike Ford, um, for example, when we had you know a, a certain shape that we play forward with loop round, pick a pass, and we don't seem to have any 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 shape to our attack at all it just looks isolated and um kind of just it just it just sporadic to be honest I, I don't know if you guys feel the same yeah yeah I mean the attack the attack is extremely disappointing and, and kind of even though we scored 31 points on um Sunday as we mentioned at the start those first two tries were were completely unscripted and and the last try is is kind of as we're chasing the game so i think we could easily have come up with 15 points that was a fairer reflection of the, the attacking plan we put together you take away those first two tries and it's an absolute hammering as well and it felt like a hammering didn't it exactly yeah, i agree yeah um one area guys i think if we move off the attack then one area that we we also really struggled with on sunday was in the breakdown and um yeah i i think kind of we we really struggled with some of wayne barnes's interpretations there i think he was being quite strict on on guys getting um too long uh, not often uh, blokes are, are criticized for being too long but it seemed to be happening pretty regularly on sunday uh, and i think once we realized that um that Barnes was going to be refereeing it like this. I think it, it would have been nice for us to, to kind of maybe have less of a go at the breakdown and kind of maybe only a couple of the players, Tom, have a chance at the breakdown as opposed to sort of all the forwards going and then giving away consistent penalties. Yeah, we've we've, we've spoken about this before, haven't we? And, and I think it was Diamond at Sale who said that the, you know there are only two players who are allowed to allowed to jackal. Because, you know, there's obviously reward to be had from, from jackling and turning over. But when you're not executing it, it, it you know, it's, it, there's also plenty of downside and you can get pinged and pinged again if the referee is seeing a picture that, that he, he, you know, that he's not liking. And ultimately, we can sit here and say that there are a few decisions that might have been a, a little bit dodgy and the breakdown at time felt like a, or to me anyway, felt like the Wild West um, but that doesn't matter. It's what the referee's decision, um, it, you know, the, it, the referee's decision is final and you need to accept how he is, he is seeing it. Um, I, I think for me, this fully puts to bed already um, an issue that we've discussed and, and something that I think this game was, 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 was put to the test again. And that is that Falatau at six and Mercer at eight with Underhill at seven, 
give us the the balance we need at the breakdown. Um, I think it, it is linked to it to, to the the point around attack being kind of sporadic and, and there being no shape that men are often getting isolated, half breaking a tackle, um, and then being kind of right for the jackal. But for me, there's no forward in that front eight who is primary role and who is a specialist on getting to the breakdown early like a Tom Curry and cleaning it out um, and also in defence effectively getting over the ball like a sort of Jack Willis does for for Wasps um, and unfortunately you know the, the attacking threats that Mercer and Falatao are um, I don't think uh, that, 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 that it's, that it's going to work going forward with, with, with how those guys play at the breakdown. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it, it certainly didn't work uh, on the weekend, the, those two uh, in tandem. I mean, you, you brought it up in the last pod, Tom, and uh, uh, was it was it you, Tom? I, I was, well, one of you yeah. two brought it up in the last pod saying that uh, we might be missing that, that Jackler, and it, it, it did show at the weekend. Uh, yeah. I went completely lost. He got, he, he went, he was completely lost in, in, in the game. I think uh, he, he just disappeared in that second half, especially. Um, and it's, it's also about when we're when we were when we were choosing to make these uh, you know, kind of choosing to go for the the, the jackal. I think the decision making was poor. Uh, we, we when we we were trying to come up with these big turnovers in our own half, and with Wayne Barnes being so strict uh, at the breakdown, we, we were a bit slow to sort of identify that. Uh, so it meant that whenever we, 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 we went for these turnovers and they didn't come off, it was resulting in uh, a Leicester three points. Mm-hmm. And Leicester seemed to be a bit more savvy uh, on that front, I thought. I mean, the, the, uh, the, the Leicester penalty count was far higher than ours. I mean, but in terms of where they were giving the penalties away, they gave away 10 of their 15 penalties in their own half. Um, uh, no, sorry, in, in the opposition half, where we can't kick those points, whereas we gave away uh, eight of our 11 penalties yeah. in our own half. And they, they, they benefited from that hugely. Yeah, it's, it's about being savvy, isn't it, Charlie? I think that's a really interesting point you make. I think not just where you give away the penalties, but also kind of like realising early how he's going to referee the game. Like you can agree or disagree with it all you want, but he's, he's not going to change his way. These referees are extremely stubborn and they're not going to change once they kind of set out how they're going to referee the breakdown. So you need to be able to react early and then say, let's not compete hard at the breakdown. Let's just get men on our feet and we can win the game that way. You need to be sad. It, al- it almost felt like they'd been told, right, we don't have uh, a jackler. Uh, like an out-and-out jackler in our front eight. So let's all collectively try and do, say, one jackal each in the game. So we'll it, you know, together we'll kind of make up for that. But the fact is, you know, Will Stewart's fantastic, um, a fantastic scrummager. He's a great prospect. But jackling is not one of the things he does. You know, he he, he struggles to get in um, a strong position where he's on his feet. He, 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 so many of the players pile their weight forward, go onto their forearms or their elbows, um, and then try and take the take the hit and the ball with it. But referees are way too savvy for that now. They they know that that's a technique that 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 people try. They'll just they'll just ping you. Um, and it, it it goes back to the point around just nous and thinking on our feet. We can't do it when when our set piece starts to go against us. We're unable to adapt and to to try and find an ugly or different way to win the game. And it's the same with playing the referee. We're just not able to 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 think on our feet. Um, to to adapt and 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 you know you know 
sadly, you could argue the game now in the Premiership is so determined by how the referee is interpreting it and how you um, how you manage that interpretation of, of of the law. And if you give away, um, uh, well, the stat I saw was twelve penalties in the first half. Um, but if you give away that many penalties, um, you it's impossible to to to, to win games. Sadly. Mm. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is, and the, the discipline was 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 tough throughout, and, and in particular at uh, the breakdown. And it's kind of continued into the the second half, guys, with with some some more poor scrummaging, some more poor lineouts, some more poor breakdown work, and and some more poor aerial work throughout that second half. Kind of allowed Leicester to to chip away at our early lead, and then and then get into the lead in the second half, and and some terrible defence. I thought for their final try uh, to make it 33-26 on 65 minutes. Like, honestly, I, I watched that uh, clip and what six, seven defensive errors. Like, wh- whoever is the defence coach at Bath must just spend must be spending about two hours with with the players on the stuff they did wrong uh, in that clip. Like, you can't miss touch and, and kick it so far in and not very long that they can come back you can't buy in like that Rory you can't buy in like that Benno like just countless errors and it goes from an exit kind of in and around our 22 which we don't um, get right to probably 90 seconds later where the game's almost gone like you just can't afford to have that and, and, and kind of I think our defence is, is, is improving but that was a real blip yeah, I mean, it, it, you're exactly right. That try infuriated me. Uh, having watched the highlights uh, before we did this pod, just to you know get my get my uh, my, my uh, blood. I couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I yeah. I, I mean, it, it put me on a pretty similar level after watching that try. It just the, the passive defence of it uh, and how they the, the Leicester pack with with two phases they got over. They they got over our try line from about it was like, what eight eight meters out or something like that. I mean, yeah, and they they just they just cruised up. I mean, they 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 should be going eight phases. I mean, mm. to get that far. I mean, and just 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 to pick and go twice over the line. It just seems so easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really did. It really did, boys. Um, it, let me. Can I just say on that? Like, I think it. There's been there's been some some kind of discussion I think on 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 social media um, around kind of whether that was kind of soft um, as in you know we're not we're not kind of hard enough or or kind of tough enough. For me the and I'm interested to hear your your boys' thoughts, but for me it, it kind of goes back to players are putting their bodies on the line and are putting the effort in, but they are not working collectively. You know the, you talk about the the, the Ben Obama error. When he flew out of the line to try and you know try and nail his man, the ball went across his chest and, and opened up the kind of dog legging defence. That it's not that's not him being soft. That's him trying to fly out the line and make an impact like he does on so many occasions. But again, it's just a question of us not working collectively. Um, and, point. And, and and when someone like George Ford's got the ball in his hands, he's identifying that so quickly that you, you can't afford to make many mistakes like that because because teams will get in behind you. Um, and then, uh, then are so hard to stop stop going forwards. Um, so yeah, for me, it, it, it's not a question of of us of us being soft in defence. In fact, when we played our best rugby, we've completely bullied and outmuscled teams. Um, but it's a it's a game plan and an execution point, yeah. and it's we are not 
combining the sum of our parts um, in the way that other lesser teams um, are just able to do. Yeah. Are we too nice as a club? Are we too nice? Like, do, do we have that, that, that nastiness? No, I just feel like, I feel like, uh, they, I mean, we, we're talking about all, all, all these boys who you know, we've got like the greatest respect and we're, we're, we're their greatest fans, if you like. I mean, but there's, there's so many of these, these players that are such lovely human beings, but you kind of want them just to flick that switch sometimes and just be this. I, I, I want our, every person in that Bath pack to be like uh, Jasper uh, Weiser, or however you say his name. I mean, he just, he just looked so nasty and just wanting to almost kind of hurt every man on the field. And I feel like... Yeah, I know it's frustrating, Charlie, because you're kind of wanting to like shake the TV and kind of shake them into action. But I also think you kind of look at some of the guys on that pitch and, and you've got someone like Tom Dunn, who who I think there's little doubt that he is kind of a gnarly, nasty sort of guy. You've also got someone like Sam Underhill, who when he plays for England kind of has that reputation of being that gnarly, nasty yeah. guy that you're looking for. I, I, don't, I don't think it's that. And I know that's kind of a frustration, but I really think that there are those elements to our Game. And as you say, Tom, when we play our best, it kind of feels like we've got that gnarly and, and nasty pack. But I think it, it's more just a question of, I think sometimes it's like kind of the system breaks down. And then when we're chasing the game, like we were on Sunday, we kind of then make individual errors outside of that system, like McConaughey did when he, he bit in on the winger and like Benno does. So I know it's frustrating, China, and I kind of have the same feeling, but I also think that when we play our best, I kind of feel like we've got a gnarly pack. So I, I don't think that, that that's yeah. that yeah, you're right. I'm just trying to put my finger on something because yeah. I don't think it, it's, it's not for lack of wanting or, no. or like, or the, the, I know, I know the boys want it. I, I like that that I don't feel like that's that's what is is, is going on here. Um, I mean, like you, you you see it sometimes with clubs like Harlequins. You just think, oh, they're just kind of flouncing about, and you know, they just, they they just want to turn up and then go home. And that's that's been that's been your match of rugby. You've got your paycheck and off you go. I I don't I don't feel like that's the situation here. It's, it's, it's something more than that. I'm just trying to I know. put my finger on something. It's- Me as well. I think I think it comes down to us being one-dimensional as well, and, and having one game plan. Like if you if you're an opposition side and you're planning to play us, the game plan is so straightforward. It is try and disrupt the set piece, try and make it you know difficult for them to win that collision area, and then they have no plan B. And so when a team is able to do that, we just suddenly look completely out of ideas and toothless. And that's when we start to, you know, concede soft tries um, like like that, for example, um, and, and start to look kind of basically really, really out of sorts in in uh, and, e- and easy to beat. Um, I think we should. I think we should um, kind of return 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 the favour of a shout out we we got um, on the Egg Chasers um, podcast. Um, because yeah, they they um they were kind of us to, to kind of call us out, and they are kind of one of the reasons that we we started up this this podcast. Um, just to kind of pull back the curtain a bit, we we went on one of their their kind of tours and um, back before the podcast, and and spoke to kind of JB and Co about um, our idea at the time, set up a podcast, um, which, decision, <laughs> which we, we which we've done. So um, yeah, and they, they had some kind words for us, and they they were kind of they were. 
they were talking to this point and I'm conscious we look at it every week and it's easy to become, you know, tunnel visioned about it. But they were making the point that, you know, does exactly what, you, as you were saying, Charlie, does the fact that we have all these incredible facilities and we've got all this financial backing, um, does that kind of make us soft and, and a little bit too comfortable? Um, or actually, is professionalism a good thing? Um, and if we went back to the kind of Rocky Balboa chopping wood and, and Arctic run spit and sawdust training techniques, would that be a kind of return to the dark ages? And we'd see that in terms of our performances. It sounds like that's the kind of point that you're you're trying to raise, Charlie. So I'm kind of interested to see where. Well, maybe, I don't know, but because if you if 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 you go if you, if you go along that route of kind of getting rid of these fantastic facilities, I think so. I think the facilities attract so many of the players as well. I mean, you, all you have to do is is look at the, the situation with Elliot Daly leaving Wasps, and and apparently there's a clause written into his contract where if he if if the training facilities weren't sorted out by a certain date, he was going to leave. Yeah, to ship him one more Portaloo, he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was gone to make coffee with Jamie George. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, imagine, imagine these boys if they didn't have the if they if they didn't have the uh, the Dyson hand dryers uh, to to dry their hands afterwards. I mean, they'd be out of there. Um, Dropping so, so many more balls <laughs> than we already are. Yeah, so no, I, I I don't think it's that, and I think it, it, going back to this kind of kind of these the more amateur grassroots uh, Rocky Balboa, as you put it, uh, Tom. That, that's that we're just going to lose some of the, the, this talent that that we've got. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's, that, that, that's, that, I think that's the solution. But I mean, there's got to be. Uh, you do feel like the, these these boys need that really tough half-time talk. I, I don't know if they're getting it, but it seems that we go into half-time having had a, had a soft performance when. It, they're not being whipped. They're not being flogged. It, it, it almost seems. I mean, perhaps they are. Let's get. Let's, let's try and get one of uh, the boys in the podcast and, and ask them what, what what's going on at the club. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know what's going on at, at half time. And and I think you know Stuart Hooper certainly comes across in the in the media as kind of quite calm and uh, well, he doesn't say anything, does he? Uh, and, and kind of he doesn't come across as a guy that's gonna gonna. Uh, I guess give them a, a, a telling off and uh, and try and spur them into life in the second half. He kind of comes across as a guy that's going to see it more as a technical issue and kind of show them where they're going. And, and maybe we do need someone. You know, there's been so much chat on Twitter about Steve Diamond uh, and, and the impact that he would have, how that relationship would work with Bruce Craig. I've got absolutely no idea. It would certainly be box office. But I, I really don't think a return to kind of those amateur and those those days are, are really needed. I, I think that, that there are far more kind of structural uh, weaknesses at the club. Getting a set piece right is not because you're you're flogging flogging wood on a wet day. It's because you're, you're not getting a set piece right on the day. What would you do then? You talk about talk about structural changes, and and I I, I agree with you, boys. And I think it, it, it's just helpful to kind of you know bring some ideas. We talk about structural changes to the club. Is it? an overhaul of the playing squad? Is it something to do with the facilities? Is it um, coaching personnel or setup? What, what, what changes? If you're, if you're Bruce Craig, you know, you're losing three million pounds a year um, and you're trying to work out with your CEO, the chief executive, what is going on and how do we make this club where it should be based on the players we've got? What, what, what's the solution? 
Well, I, I think, first of all, <laughs> I think we are slightly in danger of, of overreacting here. I, I, I think that, yes, we, we it was a really bad, really, really bad performance. But I think, Tom, we've spoken continuously about how the playing squad is going in the right direction and there are definitely changes that need to be made. But the club is generally going in the right direction. Um, but does that mean that, that the kind of changes can be made to improve it. I definitely think there are. Those don't need to be wholesale, though. I think that, 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 that um, there are members of the coaching staff, I think Gervin Dempsey certainly one of them, who, who must be under extreme pressure to start to deliver. And there are members of the, the playing squad that must be under huge pressure to start to deliver. Uh, and, and members of the squad that are, are getting paid a huge amount of money, I, I, can, I can only imagine. The international players who, who aren't there very regularly and where they are there aren't playing well enough. And so there really needs to be an evaluation of whether these guys, these most expensive guys, these international guys are really value for money and whether they're kind of bringing enough to the squad when they are available and, and kind of that balance with the fact that they're not available very much. But I don't think these changes need to be kind of wholesale like like, like maybe some Bath fans do. I don't know if you boys think they need to be wholesale changes. No, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you very much there, uh, Gabe, because we've we, we've had quite a few head coaches in uh, over over recent years. Obviously, the, there, was, there was the Blackadder period. Uh, it was a hashtag Blackadder out every other weekend. And I, I, I don't think that needs to be the case. You've got to have some sort of continuity <laughs> uh, to, to build a successful environment, for sure. Uh, and, and I feel like Stuart Hooper, he's been a guy who's been around the club for such a long time. He's, he's definitely highly respected uh, by many of the players who he would have played with. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he, 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 kinda, he, he was leading the helm uh, on the field when we were kind of most recently at, at, at the top. So I, I, I understand uh, why people are asking the question, you know, this is what happens when you, you haven't got an experienced, uh, experienced head at the top. Um, I think you can, you can understand it. And it's, it's very easy. It's kind of, it's a very easy excuse to say uh, lack of experience. And uh, that's, that's the problem. But I think, I think you've got to look more at these experienced heads around him uh, as you say, Gervin Dempsey, I think a, a, a lot of the buck to stop with him. Uh, and yeah, he, he should be looking over his shoulder because uh, he, he really does need to deliver. Yeah, and I think I, I agree with much of what, what what you've been saying. I So I think we should be clear on a couple of things. So firstly, Stuart Hooper is not involved with coaching. So when we're talking about um, you know, us being out of ideas in the backs, us being defensively not of the races, whatever reason, our set piece being not being there. Hooper's not not involved with that. Neil Hatley has been given the reins as head coach, so that ultimately the buck stops with with him there to the extent that Hooper decides that he he's got a job, um, and with Gervin Dempsey in in the backs. But what I am what I find really concerning, um, and maybe again I'm I'm overreacting, but. That loss to Leicester was the first time that I thought that potentially all the success that we had in the, the second part of last season, potentially that was the blip. Um, and actually, you know, there are some serious issues at the club, um, which mean that we're not actually quite at the level that that, that, that we think we're at. And the the interview that, that Stuart Hooper gave after the match, potentially, again, I'm reading too much into this, but just to me displayed a complete lack of um, the ambition and to be honest, just the arrogance that you need to be a, be a top side. 
Um, I don't know if you've you've heard it on on BT Sport. I think it was, but he he was speaking about how they they would never come to Welford Road and expect to get the the result. Um, you you just would not hear um, you know Mark McCall, Warren Gatland, you know Eddie Jones, etc. Um, you know making those kind of those kind of comments, and it it's just deeply concerning that you don't think that having finished fourth in the Premiership being packed full of all your international stars, playing against uh, a side that's had two days together and whose DOR is not even there. He's on WhatsApp. There are no fans in Welford Road, so you can remove most of that home advantage. It is deeply concerning that you you can't, you can't don't expect to, to beat that side. And I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, and I don't know whether that was just a, a banal comment made from the media, but that that message has to filter down into the players. Um, and in, in my view, the messaging, need, we need to get that swagger back that we should have as Bath Rugby with the, with the quality of the players that we've got. Um, and we need to start backing ourselves to go and, and turn teams over rather than just this inevitable, drawn out, um, uh, underperforming that, we've, that we've, we've, we've consistently been doing over, over, let's be honest, the last few years. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying a lot. Uh, that that perhaps there's a bit of uh, kind of a, a negative attitude uh, around those comments. Although it is, I will just caveat that with saying that it, it's one of those tricky comments. You you say oh, we're not expecting to win, uh, and it seems like you are being defeatist before you've even played. But if you turn up saying that uh, you know we are expecting to win, and then you lose. You just get called arrogant and you, you it seems like yeah. you, you pumped it into everyone's head, oh, we're going to breeze this game. It's an easy this, game. I just feel like... This, this, is, this, this is following the game, though. Yeah. No, I know. I know what you mean. I just I don't think that arrogance and offending, you know, Leicester Tigers supporters um, is, is, a, is, a, is a particularly high price to pay for instilling some confidence in players and supporters that we've got the tools to do the job against the Leicester side with no crowd or DOR. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. I agree with you. I do think yeah, though, that 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 comment is kind of almost like taken out of context. I don't think he he necessarily meant to say, "Oh, we're not expect we weren't expecting to win." I, I think he kind of was trying to say, "Oh, we never come here kind of thinking it's a foregone conclusion, but we were confident." I think that's what he was trying to say. But 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 I agree, Tom. That the kind of the 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 way it came across was was hugely disappointing that that's the ambition that they have with when they when they look at those two teams and kind of the trajectory of the two clubs if that is the ambition they've got then then I, I kind of think that is extremely worrying but I'm not sure there is I think there must be a kind of different side to, to Stuart Hooper behind closed doors because everything we hear about him or heard about him when he got the role was he was kind of a great man manager kind of an inspirer of, of players and, and, and all of that but he certainly doesn't inspire Bath fans when, it, when he talks to the media so there can there must be a, a kind of a, a different side to him behind closed doors and this is just kind of the media trained uh, side to him that, that we see every weekend but as a Bath fan, I'd love to see that kind of inspiring personality come across as my, my DOR, if that's the only side we're going to see of him. Yeah. Very yeah. Hard. yeah. I, 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 I just think, well, and, and this, is, uh, this is brutal, but, you know, there's a part of me that's starting to think, is he just, is he really a winner? And is he the man to take this club to, to where he wants to be? I am not saying that he should go 
I just think that there's and because I, I I hate that um, in out mentality that you see in, in in football clubs starting to see in rugby clubs, but I think maybe I'm just reading into a comment on an interview that was that was wrong, but just the way he was in that interview, his body language as well as what he was saying, I think a step change in mentality and maybe a bit of a a bit of a cocky swagger. Um, uh, needs to come back to to the club, and I think that uh, you know the change in thinking um, that that kind of change in thinking would would start to instill some confidence in the players, and we'd start to see more potential that, that you know more of the potential that's obviously there. But that's, yeah, that's, that's over from me. Yeah, sort of. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can, I can, I, I hear what you saying. If you, if if we want to be this team that bullies people, we've got to start acting like a bully. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to see people out like a bit. And kind of the last thing for me, kind of pivoting off your point, Tom, it is kind of, for me, the most egregious thing that, that happened on Sunday was at the end of the game when, when we're chasing the game down 10 points with Reese Priestland off the pitch and you choose to take your, your second kicker off. I, I'm sorry, but, and I, I was fired up on the, the WhatsApp group uh, when it happened, and I described it as a sackable offence, and it's not a sackable offence, but that <laughs> is shocking. I'm sorry, but to, to go down 10 points, when you, you know you're going to need two kicks to either tie or draw the end, you need to get two kicks, definitely. <sighs> that, that is, yeah, that is shocking. Whoever's making that decision, that is appalling. And, and it kind of felt like we were giving up when you saw Spencer and Abano go off. Because who's kicking? Like we've seen that Matavesi is not a natural kicker. And if they're difficult kicks, or, or frankly, relatively easy kicks, he, he's really inconsistent. So don't put him under that kind of pressure. That misconversion is not on Matavesi at all. That's not because he's a friend of the podcast. Right. That is on the decision makers. There's no way that Ben Spencer can't play another 10 minutes and be on the field. Imagine if we got, a, got that kick and then a difficult kick at the end to draw the game and we hadn't had a kick on the field. That is inexcusable. And that, that's what got me most fired up. On on Sunday, and I think that's all three of us with a with a rant. So that's my rant over. Did you say um? Did you say Spencer and Abano? Were you expecting were you expecting uh, Beno to Beno to step up and uh, and 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 have a go at the conversion? Yeah, but they, they both went off together, and it kind of did feel at that point like the coaches had given up and were looking to yeah, find one of the best players. God, I was that that riled me hugely. And when, when he stepped, I, and I made a note of it before the the the, the conversion. Who's going to kick? And I tweeted it, and yeah, seriously, seriously frustrating. Can, can I just can I can I just can I just kind of segue us onto onto something kind of related, but also um, you know that, that that's been spoken about, um, and that is you know we've we've all these talented young players uh, who we want to keep at the club, we want to lock in for for long term contracts. There has been a lot of you know probably notable silence, I would suggest around um, the contracts of, of some key players in the squads. Um, you can't think that, um, you know, these, the, the start to this season has really instilled a lot of kind of, um, a lot of will to, to, to take a punt on Bath for some of these players. But obviously th- these are long-term decisions, but, you know, guys like Beno Urbano, who has been linked with Exeter, who have obviously been, been so successful. Elliot Stook was reported um, in in the rugby paper as being uh, linked with with wasps, um, Zach Mercer obviously is one that um, we've spoken about. hasn't been getting the game time that he he wants. hasn't been getting the backing that he wants, um, and as a result has been in talks with 
with other clubs. Are you guys like me and that, you know, this run of form may ultimately be the, the straw that, that breaks the camel's back for, for some of these guys and we lose some of our, um, our, our you know, our, our youngest, most talented uh, prospects? Well, if it is, then 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 so be it. If 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 you're not one, if you don't want to necessarily be there through, yeah, a, a kind of difficult start to the season. But what we've played five prem games and we're coming off, you know, an extremely successful post lockdown period. We've seen young young English guys like Sam Underhill, like Jack Walker, like Max Wright. You know, these guys who who will have ambitions to do successful things in rugby sign on at the end of last season. So. I, th- I think these are. This is kind of. These seem to be a, an overreaction. These stories to to, to a bad start. And if, if if there are players that 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 think that a bad start in five games of the Premiership mean that the club's going nowhere and you should start looking elsewhere, then 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 look elsewhere. No, I think. Yeah, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Sorry, sorry Bill. Also, I think I think the players will look around the squad and these guys know how talented the bunch of boys around them are, because we have one of the most talented squads in the league so uh, it, 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 sh- it should be one of the, mm. the kind of best places to be in that respect mm. about about the, the, your chances of winning our chances of and winning you- something are high uh, because we we, we we have the tools to do it but we're just not using them in the right way and your chance of getting select for England we've got eight England lads in, in the squad and I don't think I don't think any of them joined as an England international so clearly we've got a a, a relatively decent reputation of developing the, these guys to to go on and play for England. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have linked the the two things. The you know these discussions will have been um, well in advance of the last few weeks of you know of um, of, of of losses that we that we've had. Um, but albeit it is concerning that that there are these these kind of rumours, and you can't blame players even prior to this season for. Um, you know, looking at some other clubs who have been more successful in recent seasons and thinking, well, I want to be in a winning atmosphere. You know, I'm in the, I want to be in a winning environment. I'm in the prime of my career. And can you imagine if we were to lose those three guys, Abano, Stuke, Mercer, um, you know, potentially to, to premiership rivals, how devastating that would be. We've seen the impact of, of players go to other clubs and how well they've done um, in the past. And I... I I just hope and pray that that through all this, um, and this is where Stuart Hooper is is directly involved, we make the right decisions. So, you know, I'm thinking specifically Reese Priestland, Toby Falatau, those guys are, are big money players and ultimately are not, in my view, earning the 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 money or performing in the way that that potentially they they that they should be based on their their value. Look at other those other three guys I mentioned, younger guys. That's where we should be investing um, for the future in, in my mind. So I really hope that, um, that 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 money doesn't talk with these big name players, and that we remember our, the the direction that we've been going, and we try we hang on to to those kind of guys. Mm. Charles, you're scowling at me. No, no, I just say I, I, it's uh, it, it's tricky. I mean, I think I think we should try and. Trying to yeah wrap up what's been a been a tough uh, yeah. tough conversation uh, on this this past weekend. I mean there are a lot of questions uh, still to answer, and uh, you know do mm. I mean, I'm sorry I'm taking your job quickly, Gabriel, but do let us know your thoughts at Bath Rugby Plug. 
And um, oh, he's uh, he's back for three weeks, and he already wants the main role. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Sorry. Um. Yeah. No. Great. And I think what is important to point out is I think that's probably our most negative hour since we started doing this podcast. We're normally um in a lot more uh, kind of optimistic spirits about the club, and I think if that was twenty four hours and sleeping on the the reaction, then yeah, you're probably right, Tom. Doing one immediately after the game would have been a yeah pretty fiery effort. So um yeah, hugely disappointing. And I think we always got to remember when we have discussions like these is is we're frustrated, um but but the players are. are kind of 10, 100 times more frustrated at, at that performance. I, I saw Charlie Yours' interview at the, at the end and in yeah. contrast to the one which Stuart Hooper gave, I thought kind of showed just how disappointed he was and, and kind of how eager he was to, to put that right. Um, and hopefully he's going to put that right on Friday night, boys. There's a segue for you, Charlie. Uh, against Wasps um, at the wreck, um, probably the most informed team in the in the Premiership, having demolished Exeter and beaten Sale quite comfortably the week before, Tom, are you impressed with this uh, latest incarnation of this Wasps team? Well, I was going to say we spoke, didn't we? Speak about this early, this easier um, set of fixtures um, in 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 the Premiership. What have we got? Um, two wins from from five, so sitting in sitting in ninth position. Um, so yeah exactly all this talk of ring all this talk of ring fencing um, you know we we potentially will benefit from ring fencing if this this continues Um, because like you say into what's going to be a you know to be brutally honest it couldn't be worse timing could it against the the form team um, who have discovered uh, an unbelievable um, vein of vein of rich form from 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 seemingly nowhere. I mean, building some momentum into the into the final of, of last season, and they've just carried that into what's basically a you know a joined up season um, in a way that we we've, we've not been able to do. Um, and they look they look extremely powerful. You know, they they really beat Exeter um, watching that game um, by out extring them, and you know Exeter were lost a lot of their guys, essentially a whole team of players they they were down, but they were out muscled by wasps. Um they were they were bullied in the in the pick and go game um and in the scrum and line out. Um and yeah they were very, very brutal of first phase with with Bassett and Sopawanger and um Abogwe as well um who who were kind of tearing the extra defence apart. So um yeah with that kind of then boys <laughs> Continuing my what's been probably my most negative podcast, and I apologise for that, but I don't see it getting any better on on Friday night. If I'm being honest, yeah, it doesn't look pretty, does it? I mean, it, I mean, you mentioned yeah, Exeter were were, were missing uh, some players, but the the team they put out is was it was they it was no it was no kind of academy size. Mm. It, it was it was a good yeah. team that. Um, you'd expect to go well in any situation they, they always seem to uh, it's kind of what's been so uh, so key to their uh, kind of their, their reign at the top I suppose so uh, yeah it is it is worrying they've got a really powerful pack uh, yeah so kind of physical uh, breakdown um, and they've got these guys who can take pieces out wide um, so it's uh, it, it is it is worrying coming off performance that like we just had on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's it, it, this. 
it could be ugly and we could be having another hour of uh, ranting and raving uh, come Monday. Come on, boys. Come on, boys. Let's try and spin something positive on this podcast. We're getting plenty of new listeners at the moment. I think if this was their first episode, they'd uh, they think we're down and down the whole time. So let me try and kind of spin this positive for you guys. You know, yeah, okay, Wasps have, have just beaten Exeter and Sale, but they're only fifth in the league. You know, they lost to Newcastle earlier in the season. They lost to Wasps, uh, lost to Gloucester, sorry, earlier in the season. Um, and they might be without Jack Willis, uh, who, who came off at half-time next to the game with a hip injury. He's battling uh, to, to, to be back. So if he's, um, if he's playing, obviously the breakdown becomes kind of the key to the game. And, and if it turns the way it did for us on Sunday, we'll get absolutely demolished. But, you know, I don't want to be like playing on his injury, but if we can sort that breakdown area out... This isn't a, exactly a world-beating Wasp team after, yeah, two good weeks, but but two poor weeks prior to that. Yeah, no, uh, fair enough. Uh, fair enough, Gabe. Let's uh, let's 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 try and uh, perk it up a bit. But on, yeah, and it's when 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 you war game it out week by week, uh, as Tom and I have just done, uh, being so short-sighted, it's uh, <laughs> it is it is it, 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 it does look daunting, but. Um, Tom, yeah. let me set you up then, Tom. What, what do you do with this, this Bath team to, to try and turn it around? Do you kind of stick with the, 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 the same team, which we thought was our strongest team? Or do you try and mix it up in search of kind of a combination to, to unlock the, the, the Wasp defence? Um, so what, what, what would I do? I would, um, I would not be playing the same back row. So I, would, I think I'd be taking Falato out of the, the six shirt and, and moving him to the bench. I'd probably put Miles Reed into the flanker shirt, like with the focus on that that breakdown, as you said. Um, I may even look to to get Elliot Stuke involved starting. I thought McNally has has, has been great, but I think just extra energy um, and kind of um, that the Elliot Stuke brings, um, and kind of you know he he's often like a very um, you know brings other players players with him. Um, and I, yeah, I don't think I would change the the backline. I think that's clearly our our strongest. Uh, our strongest backline. Um, I think in, in terms of game plan, we need to make sure that we nullify Dan Robson around the fringes. I think he's been very, very effective weapon for them, um, finding holes, um, you know, putting players through. Um, he, he's in he's in great form. Um, so I think we need to be very tight in 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 our defence and our kind of marshalling of of him. But you know, I, I do think I do think it's doable. I think Wasps are probably outperforming. The, the team that they've they've got on paper um i think if if we can start playing and and we're performing to the standard on paper for our team <laughs> yeah i mean yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> they they seem they seem to have, have have galvanized really well i think from some kind of momentum that they built um but ultimately you know looking down the the team sheet without jack willis that that pack you know, is looks fairly kind of fairly bog standard in in parts. Uh, that that um, Leicester pack looked ferocious on paper, didn't it? And we yeah. bullied them. So, well, look, I think uh, yeah. In in terms of changes, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't need to be a complete overhaul of of, of the team. Um, I think it was a poor performance, and if we can put together a good performance that we've been looking for for. Uh, a few weeks now, um, we yeah, this this was thing is definitely beatable. Um, uh, I've turned your boys around. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, no, look, I, I'm, yeah, I'm I am trying to put a positive spin on it because otherwise, 
Otherwise, otherwise I'm going to go drink myself into a stupor after we finish this. <laughs> Lads, uh, the, only, the only thing I would say as well is, like, if we had, like, Worcester, Worcester at home, I think almost the pressure is greater. Like, no one is really expecting us to, to beat Wasp. You know, the form side, they've just beat the, the, the you know, the, the champions of Europe and, and, of, and of England. So it's almost a nothing-to-lose scenario. So I think if we can get our swagger on, get a bit of confidence... Um, you know, almost be a bit cocky um, in the lead up like we you know we can beat this side and just see what happens when we play with that swagger um, as well then you know who, who's who's to know what's what, what's going to what's going to happen they're kind of kind of nothing to lose um, in, in some ways and I'm doing my, I'm doing my best here boys yeah. no, I, I just in terms of the pack I agree with you Tom I'd probably look at bringing in someone like Miles Reed or, or, or Bayless uh, into that six shirt Um uh, and I, I probably I, I actually um, I'm, I'm not sure why he was featuring at the start of the season but uh, Will Spencer uh, I, I I like a lot and I think he has got a bit of that nastiness that grit about him that uh, we kind of lacked on Sunday and I think uh, perhaps look at Britt bringing him into the, into the match day well 15 mm. or 23 um, I think this might be a bit this might be a bit a bit, a bit harsh um, I or well, not harsh. Uh, it might be an interesting call, but I might actually uh, consider a shaking up the thirteen jersey and, and perhaps uh, just putting JJ to the bench and kind of allowing him to have have, have an impact off the bench rather uh, rather than right right from the start because it, it, it does it does seem sometimes like on 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 Sunday I was kind of looking to the bench and trying to think who's really going to kind of change this game, who's going to turn turn it around for us. And it just rather than it slipping away from my grasp, it'd be useful to have someone who can who can you know come on and really change the game. So perhaps looking at someone like Max Clark to uh, uh, to start might 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 be um, uh, might be an interesting call. Yeah, I, I think kind of what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And I think I don't really want to kind of go down that route with this bar team, but I I do think you roll out a, a really similar team because if not now, then then when? Like it's the Champions Cup in the following two weeks and then it's probably going to be the Six Nations and, and so the, the opportunity is probably gone but I do think you you kind of try it again and see if this um, this this team can, can pull it together with with two changes two changes so Bayliss in the back row who's out playing Miles Reed in that battle for the for the, for the key Jackler shirt in my book he comes into the six shirt and boys Orlando Bailey starts at fly half and I'm, I'm fed up. I'm fed up. I'm fed up with it. I don't. I don't want to hear anything about all. Always, this backline is not being unlocked with, with 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 the current situation. So so give the guy a go. We've seen Charlie Atkinson at Wasps. Okay, playing that sale away game. Nineteen. How old is Landy Bailey? Nineteen. Why not give the guy a go? We've heard so much about him and kind of. If that's the the the, the show we're going to get that, that's going to try and unlock this backline, then then why not try something different and and do it in an environment where he's surrounded by by our top players, where he's surrounded by Spencer, by Redpath, by Watson, by by JJ, by Falatau or Mercer, by whoever, and do it in an environment instead of throwing him in in the game with with kind of people of of similar experience to him. Do it in a situation where he's got an opportunity to succeed that's what we've seen with these young fly halves they've they've not been given an opportunity in, in a game which we're kind of throwing away at La Rochelle they've been given an opportunity in the first team to give the guy a go and and I'd be so happy and I, in fact I'd be disappointed not to see his name at fly half on on, on Friday 
Yeah, I mean, just look. I completely agree. Look at what look at what wasps look at what wasps are doing. I mean, they're picking their young kid Jacob Imaga ahead of a guy who's played ten, started ten for for the All Blacks, Lima Sopawaga, who they've moved to moved to fullback. So yeah, um, uh, that will be a really exciting selection. And um, yeah, completely agree. It'd be great to see what what he could do with with those guys around him. Would be a very exciting selection, but I, I, I will be, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be I, you know, it's, it, it's, it's one thing of about what I want to see and what we will probably see, and yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that could be the situation. But look, uh, I'll kick it off then, Gabe. Uh, Bath to win by twenty. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Back to our former selves. I've got a Bath win. I tell you what, if Orlando Bailey starts, Bath win. That's all I'll say. Tom? I'm, I'm going to go... I, 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 I don't see it being close. I really don't. I mean, they'd just be, they'd just be Exeter by 29 points. So, unfortunately, I, I see it being 20-plus points when to, to Wasps and we don't get anything from the game, I'm afraid. And sorry to all our listeners and to you boys for bringing you down, but I just felt I had to, I had to get it off my chest. It's, it's, it's no, so... No. It's so disappointing. Yeah, I think that's a good note to, to kind of end um, this podcast on. I think, yeah, our usual optimistic selves haven't quite shown up. And, and as I as alluded to, getting lots of uh, new listeners at the moment. So um, thank you very much for, for kind of tuning into the podcast. Um, we promise we are normally a little bit more, well, much more optimistic than what we've shown. But yeah, I think like a lot of Bath fans, it was a, uh, an opportunity to get a few things off our chest. And if you are a, a regular listener, been with us since the start, then well, thanks for sticking with us. And we hope you enjoyed maybe a slightly different tone to that podcast but when you lose um what felt like so comprehensively to to the old enemy um yeah i think some 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 serious questions need to be asked and hopefully we answered them so hit subscribe follow us on twitter and importantly as ever stick behind the boys through thick and thin